Hey, thanks for listening to Songs for Worship. Today our topic is retuned hymns, and I recently had the privilege of having a conversation with Jeff Kuntz, the chief musician at Red Mountain Church in Birmingham, Alabama, and also the founder of The Hymn Collective, a collaborative community of hymn writers and musicians in Birmingham that facilitates and promotes the creation and use of modern and retuned hymns in the worship of the church. As we've discussed previously in the podcast, and as you'll hear throughout my conversation with Jeff, singing in worship is vitally important. Scripture tells us again and again to sing together, lifting up our voices in worship, and I plan to do an entire podcast episode on that in the future. But as you'll hear, some music is better designed for this singing together than others. In my conversation with Jeff, we have a closer look at what makes some hymns so well-suited for use in worship, and how Jeff and his team are taking old hymn texts and making new arrangements for them, and in some cases writing entirely new melodies for them in a process that he calls retuning. We'll also discuss a hymn that Jeff and his team recently released entitled Go to Dark Gethsemane. And if you stick around to the end of our conversation, I'll be sharing that recording with you. Here's my conversation with Jeff Kuntz. Jeff, thanks for chatting with me. Thanks, Eric. It's good to be here. So just start off by telling us a little bit about your background and uh, what led you into music and also what led you into ministry in the church. Sure. Uh, so I've been a musician. It feels like my entire life. I mm-hmm. uh, started, you know, grew up in the church and uh, was singing in children's choirs and all that all, all through elementary school. I started playing the piano when I was seven. Actually, uh, I joined the band. I started playing trombone when I was 11. I was really involved in just band and trombone playing for a long time. I actually have a degree in trombone performance. Okay. So I've spent the last 20 years making a living as a freelance trombone player, in mm. addition to the music, the church music stuff too. Around that same time, I just, as a, I guess as a side thing to orchestral music that I was really into, I kind of found my way into church music, like leading worship, and then eventually just writing along with that. And so as a way to get a steady gig for my freelancing, I <laughs> it was I just kind of came came to, to working for the church. Uh, first at Red Mountain, I was just just kind of a volunteer musician, but I, I was joined the staff of another PCA church in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. I was there for a while. And uh, eventually, I became the chief musician at Red Mountain, and I've been there for 10 years. So Red Mountain Church has a long history of doing a lot of work with hymns and recording. I also read that Red Mountain Church uses exclusively modern and retuned hymns. Can you talk a little bit about that and and why Red Mountain Church does this and feels that it's important? Well, so Red Mountain was planted in 2001 and kind of planted with the vision that we would only use, exclusively use hymns and retuned hymns. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was just kind of how we started. And then this was 2001. It was kind of the beginning of the whole retuned hymn movement. Uh, Indelible Grace had done some things just right before that, but we were looking for music to use and worship. So we're like, mm-hmm. we can retune some hymns. So let's do it. Let's see what happens. So that's just kind of how that started. And that was just the vision was to use hymns because of the theological depth 
and also just the way that him text can reflect all of the the parts of the Christian life, not just the good times, but also the bad times, much like the Psalms, that they can reflect, you know, the struggles that we have with our faith. Our senior pastor was just, this is what we're going to do. We're like, okay, we'll do that. And mm -hmm. they, the hymn text really resonated with us and we just kept, we just kept writing. Um, so we continue that today. We are still uh, mostly traditional hymns. It's about a third traditional hymns, a third uh, retuned hymns from other people like Indelible Grace, uh, Sands of McCracken. And then the other third is pretty much Red Mountain stuff that was written in the past and then hymn collective stuff that we've written in the you know, recent past. Um, we do throw in a few modern hymns, uh, the Getty stuff. There's a few Getty songs we do. And then some other artists that are producing modern hymns, uh, The Porter's Gate mm -hmm. and uh, City of Light. There's a few of those that are kind of coming in. But it's, it's really a commitment to doing hymns. And, and like the, when a song takes the form of a hymn, that's what we're going to do. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what we're comfortable with. All right, so let's talk about the Hymn Collective. Can you talk about what led you to start the Hymn Collective and what its purpose is? Sure. So Hymn Collective began shortly after... Uh, well, so I'll back up. Brian Murphy was the, the chief musician at Red Mountain prior to me. He was the mm -hmm. original chief musician. He was kind of the, the spearhead for Red Mountain Music. When he stepped down... Uh, so Red Mountain Music was is a separate entity from Red Mountain Church. So it mm -hmm. was... It was encouraged by Red Mountain Church, but it wasn't Red Mountain Church, even though Red Mountain Church, the name was on it. So when Brian stepped down, he kind of had that name, Red Mountain Music. So we had to do something else if we were going to continue writing. So we couldn't write under Red Mountain Music. Um, it, but it also signified a shift in at least my philosophy, which was trying to bring in resources outside of our church and try to build a community of people. So it wasn't just Red Mountain Church writing these, these hymns. It was taking advantage of the number of really talented writers and musicians we have in Birmingham and trying to get us all together, working towards a common goal and supporting each other. So that, that was kind of the, the initial, uh, I guess, the thought behind Hymn Collective. Yeah. So we would still be writing and retuning hymns, um, but we're trying to tr create a community of people that are doing the same thing too and support each other. Mm -hmm. So I, I also, I was looking at the, the Hymn Collective website and there, there's also uh, resources on there that, that you've made available for, for uh, musicians and, and church leaders to draw from. Yeah, so the main goal for Hymn Collective is to create music for other churches to use. So mm -hmm. we're very mindful when writing hymns, we're very mindful about writing them in such a way that someone else can use them. So that the music can kind of go out and be a resource for other churches, churches that maybe are interested in using hymns, um, but just don't know where to start or uh, just trying to, I guess, share the work that we're doing. So mm -hmm. when we when we do think about writing hymns, we're very mindful of making sure that this can be sung by people like congregations that are not musicians. Uh, this can be played by other musicians in other churches that maybe are hearing the song or seeing the song for the first time. So it's very transferable to mm -hmm. other, I guess, 
settings. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of what I do when I at Red Mountain with hymns, um, I never do anything the way someone recorded it, I guess is a good example. So what I do is I, I say, you know, oh, here's this hymn that somebody has written, is retuned. Uh, okay, let's see, how can we make this mine? How can we use this in the best way for Red Mountain Church? Mm-hmm. So when I'm writing, I'm trying to think, how can I write this in such a way that someone else feels enabled to take this and make it their church's own. So hmm. that's that's kind of how I like to think about it. Um, so you think about like the way hymns are in the hymnal, there's no prescription of like how to sing Come Thou Found of Every Blessing in the hymnal. Right. It's just, it's there. Sometimes there's not even chords written out. I mean, there's the four-part harmony when you can kind of figure out what the chords are, but nobody's saying do this hymn this way. And most of the time, a really great church pianist they're going to be improvising or coming up with their own part to play underneath the hymn anyway. So what, I, I want our music to be that, be able to transfer into just any church setting and someone take our hymn and use it as if they would use a, a hymn out of a hymnal. So this may be backing up a little bit here, but one of the things I, I like to emphasize here on the Songs for Worship podcast is the importance of singing together in our worship. So what is it about these new arrangements and retuned hymns that makes them more effective in encouraging singing well together? When I think about hymns, I'm thinking about something that is a certain form and a certain structure, and also the melody is of a certain accessibility for a congregation. So uh, using a melody that, some, like I said, someone that isn't a musician can sing mm-hmm. or learn and then reproduce pretty quickly. So I think accessibility is important with a hymn, um, but also just the different shades of life and the different shades of the way we use hymns in our worship service. We have a, we have a very relaxed church, but we have mm-hmm. a very, we have a pretty formal liturgy. So we have five positions in our service that uh, each call for a hymn. So there's a hymn of adoration, a hymn of confession, hymn of grace, hymn of response, and then a hymn of communion. So finding hymns are a little, sometimes a little bit easier to kind of fit into those different spaces in a, in a worship service where it's very clear that like this type of hymn, this is a hymn of adoration. This is a hymn of confession. This is a hymn of grace, like where, where we're responding to the grace that we have received. Um, and then the hymn of response is usually response to the sermon. And then hymn of communion is usually sometimes it has to do with us coming and remembering uh, the Lord's Supper and and us coming together as a body. So some hymns I have found are a little bit easier to kind of fit into those things. And also just like I said earlier too, just the depth of the, the Christian experience and uh, trying to see all the sides of, of life. My experience with praise and worship music, especially 20 years ago before I came to Red Mountain Church, it was very, very hymn of adoration, like songs of adoration all the time. So the thing that really got me when I came to Red Mountain was like, they were suddenly singing hymns about my brokenness. And then, yeah. uh, and then also the grace of Jesus that like covers that brokenness. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just like, just like happy, clappy Jesus all the time. So yeah. Yeah. it was just like, man, this is to me, it was just very real to my experience mm-hmm. as a human um, and, a, and as a Christian that, yeah, you know, there are times when, yeah, I have doubts and I struggle. So the hymns really spoke to me in that way that like, oh yeah, the, there's songs for that part of me too. Like, I don't have to put aside my doubts when I go to church and like 
just pretend like everything's just happy all the time, um, which was some of my experience growing up in uh, in a different denomination than the Presbyterian church. So yeah, these hymns, they just really spoke to me in that way. I really appreciate what you said there about the accessibility of hymns. We have church leaders and music directors and family leaders and, and others listening, and one of the things that, that I'm really passionate about is equipping people to sing the truth together and singing hymns and songs that, that cover all of these different doctrines and seasons is really important for Christian life and, and growth. You recently released a new version of an old hymn entitled Go to Dark Gethsemane that was, that was around Easter, and I had actually never even heard the hymn before. What led you to that hymn? So uh, there's a, a member of Red Mountain Church a few years ago came to me. We're, we're in the season of Lent, and uh, he was like, I, I, I found this hymn, and I really would like us to sing it. And he gave me a recording of, I think it's Trinity Church in Atlanta. They had recorded this hymn. So it's a traditional hymn. It's the original tune. We didn't retune mm-hmm. it. We just... Mm-hmm. We just did our own arrangement of it. Um, but what I what I found with the recording he sent me was like it was it sounded great, but it just felt a little bit too happy for mm. the beginning part of the hymn. I mean, the hymn kind of follows really the passion just from like Jesus going to the garden and praying, and then through his his judgment and his trial, and through his cr- crucifixion, and then on to his resurrection. So it kind of covers everything from like Maundy Thursday through Easter. So we kind of, we wanted to try to make that happen with our arrangement. So it kind of starts out a little more somber and reflective. And then by the end, it's a little bit more upbeat. So it's just a way of us saying, like I said earlier, it's like, oh, here's, here's a tune. Um, we would like to use this. How can we make this work? So we just got mm-hmm. together. And hey, hey, let's let's try to. What can we do to make this work? And then uh, just kind of came together. So through the Hymn Collective, it says on your website you offer some seminars and and workshops to discuss hymns and and the songwriting process. Yeah, we uh, we've been doing we call them hymn sessions, where it's basically once a month we'll get together with some people from around the community other uh, music leaders in churches, uh, other songwriters, or just people that are interested in hymns. And we'll just get together and kind of workshop or talk or play hymns together. So the Go to Dark Gethsemane actually came together during one of our hymn sessions. Hmm. We were like, hey, somebody brought me this hymn. Uh, what can we do with it? So we all yeah. kind of sat down together and just came up with something. And then over, you know, I guess a few weeks, he kind of refined it. But yeah, um, it was it was kind of a way of building a community, having a community meeting place. Some of it grew out of we're like like I said, we're a Presbyterian church, and in in the, in the Presbyterian church in the PCA, there are regional groups called presbyteries where a lot of the pastors and elders, like once a month or once a quarter, get together and have a presbytery meeting where they just kind of they get together and they discuss what business they needed to need to get done but they also have a time of fellowship where they like share a meal together kind of check in with each other and see what's happening and some of the music people around Birmingham in peace in the PCA were kind of like wouldn't it be great if we had something like that for the musicians where we could get together and like just talk and like check in and like work on music together so that was some of the reasoning why hey let's well let's just do it 
and hopefully, you know, people will show up. So let's talk a little bit more about the process. So someone brings a hymn or a hymn text to you. How do you determine if that's something you're going to use? You mentioned a little earlier about writing for your church. Are you thinking specifically of a need that's there within your church for a hymn? Or are you also writing for the church at large as well? So everything that we do right gets used at Red Mountain. So <laughs> Red Mountain ends up being kind of a testing ground for everything that we do, which are, are con- very fortunate that our congregation is very used to new music. And uh, I mean, it's just the history of our church. I mean, since the beginning, we've been writing new music. And so they're very welcoming of us doing new music and trying things out. So we're very fortunate in that way. Uh, so everything I do right gets gets played at Red Mountain Church, gets used there. Uh, but I, I always do have a mind that hoping that other people can benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of written in our context, for our context, but kind of with a mind to other people using it. When I'm thinking about writing, hymns tend to be very universal and sometimes very general anyway. They're not a lot of very specific things. There may be specific themes or something, but it, I mean, they tend to be a little bit more universal. Uh, so when picking a text, I try to think of how how accessible is this text? What is and something that comes back to the language? What is the language of this text? Is this going to be a confusing idea that people are going to stumble over the words? Maybe there's words that are unfamiliar. Uh, or is the idea clear in the text? So there are thousands of hymn texts that that don't have tunes that we just don't mm-hmm. sing. Yeah. Some you know sometimes obscurity things are obscure for a reason that you know they this probably shouldn't be sung just because it's hard it's difficult or doesn't really apply. Um, so sometimes it's like looking for that diamond in the rough. Like here's a text that wow this is an amazing text why we should be singing this. So sometimes it's, it is sifting through a lot of texts that are like, ah, I, I like what this is saying, but there's already a hymn over here that already says this in the same way. So do we really need another another song that says basically the same thing that we have to teach right. people how to do right. all over again? So, But trying to find something that says something that kind of fills a need or says something in a new way that I haven't thought about before, or it's just really great poetry that deserves to be have life breathed back into it and some of it just has to do with can't can i write a tune to this mm-hmm. uh is there is there enough structure and or flexibility within that structure that you can create a tune to go with this text and sometimes that just takes trial and error so it's like playing yeah, sitting it out sitting down and like playing a guitar and like trying to fit sometimes a very structured hymn into something else and, and like yeah so uh, retuning a hymn, it's rare that you take the text just as it is and just write exactly for what's there. Um, usually you have to move things around a little bit. Uh, so maybe it's, you know, change one word. That, that's a weird word to sing in the 21st century. But it wasn't weird in the 18th century, but now 300 years later, that's kind mm-hmm. of a weird word. So let's, what, what other word can we use? Uh, does this song need a chorus? Is there a portion of this text that we can make into a hook or a chorus um, to make it a little bit more memorable? You know, those types of songwriting questions 
come up a lot. Sometimes I'm sitting around with a tune, like the beginnings of a tune or just a chord progression, and I'll just keep playing it over and over again as I just read through hymn text. And, and I kind of wait until I find a text that just kind of sits in that, in that existing uh, tune or uh, chord progression and then mm-hmm. start working from there. So sometimes I, I start with the music and to see what fits. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of goes both ways. Yeah, I was going to ask what, what kind of goes into determining, you know, if, if a hymn does have an old tune, you know, what goes into determining if you're going to write a new tune and what, maybe talk a little bit about what you feel makes an effective tune. Sure. So if there is an existing tune that I'm aware of, I try not to retune that text. So. I would never try to retune Come Thou Found of Every Blessing mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> or Be Thou My Vision. Like those tunes or even Holy, Holy, Holy. I mean, those that are like standard hymns, I would never try to retune those uh, because I don't think I could write a tune that is more effective than what already exists. So the goal is to write something that can be sung by a congregation and remembered by a congregation, even outside of worship, that someone could be humming this tune just, I don't know, in the middle of the week is something that they can remember. Like we sung this song on Sunday, but they're still humming it on Thursday. I mean, that's, it's just kind of just, I don't know, marinating in their mind over the course of a week. I mean, that's, that, that's a great thing to have happen. So writing a tune that can be memorable. And if, if, uh, if a tune has existed for two, two, 300 years and is still sung, I don't think you need to mess with it. So it's, it's there. It's, still relevant because people are still singing it so there's no need to kind of think think that i can write a better tune than that uh so i usually look for texts that just don't have a tune or they're they're texts that maybe are sung to a number of different tunes so what used to happen history lesson uh so what used to happen is there were just a like a number of tunes and then there were texts that with meters that fit that fit certain tunes so they were they were just married by this the meters hymnals didn't have music in them. It was just text. So, but it would have the meter, like what is the rhythm of this, of this hymn? And then they would just match the meter of the text to the meter of the tune. And then you would just kind of, they would just fit together magically. The best example is the Heiferdahl tune, which is sung to, uh, come that long expected Jesus, love divine, all loves excelling Mm -hmm. Jesus, what a friend of sinners. Mm -hmm. There's three texts that have the same tune. So tunes and texts, they weren't really tied together. Um, when they were written. Most of the time, the text was written in a completely different time and place than the tune. So retuning hymns has been something the church has been doing forever. So if there's a, a text that like maybe is kind of goes back and forth between a few different tunes, doesn't have one that's like, this is this one tune and this one text are together. If that, that isn't the case, then I, yeah, we'll, we'll mess with it. So uh, one, of, one of the guys in Hymn Collective, uh, Ashley Self, who does a lot of the writing with us, well, he wrote a new tune for Jesus, What a Friend for Sinners. So that, it's like, okay, cool. And so it fits because we already sing the tune, the Heiferdahl tune for Jesus, What a Friend for Sinners. We already sing that at Christmas or Advent with Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And we sing it also with Love Divine, I Love Excelling. Mm-hmm. So, hey, well, here's a great text but let's, uh, let's have a different tune. So here we go. We have a new, new tune for this text and we can sing this tune more often or the, sing this text more often because we're not having to repeat the tune. 
Yeah. And yeah, I'm worried about where people getting confused about, wait, we just heard this song last month in or because we sang it at Advent or whatever. So it's once again, it's like finding a need. What is the need? And can we find something to fill that fill that need? Exactly. Well, Jeff, I believe that singing and worshiping together is is really important in our, you know, our diet of of music and the hymns and songs that we're singing is really important. So thanks for what you're doing with the Hymn Collective. Where's where's the best place for people to find your music? Uh, hymncollective.org. That's our website, hymncollective.org. Like you mentioned, we do have a resources page, which has uh, copies of lead sheets and chord sheets and a lot of demos for a lot of the songs we've done uh, and even some of the traditional hymns that we've done. And you can find all the recordings that we have there. We're on our music's on Spotify and Apple Music and all the streaming services, and also on Bandcamp uh, at hymncollective.bandcamp.com. That's you can stream it for free there. We're on Twitter at hymncollective. I'm not I'm not very good at Twitter, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, thanks so much for what what you do. It's a great responsibility. To, to lead God's people in worship and provide theologically sound hymns to sing together. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. This has been great. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I'd like to share a portion of Go to Dark Gethsemane with you and encourage you to go and check out more of the music and resources available at hymncollective.org. Go to dark Gethsemane, all who feel the tempter's power, your Redeemer's conflict see, watch with him one better hour, turn not from his griefs away. Learn from Jesus Christ and pray.